Can you? This is so funny. I, uh, do you mind if I, t- I put this on to cover up the wire, but it's not like you can't see it anyway. I mean, they don't have one in, in my color just yet. Good morning. My name is Wendell Scoggins. I'm a part of the Singles Ministry. And, um, you know, I know some, some people already came up to me and they're like, hey, bro, where you been? And I don't want anyone to get bitter because I'm preaching. I've actually been at church. Um, I actually have proof. You want to put that video? Okay. That's that's where I spend my Sunday mornings with those wonderful kids. That's four or five in K class. They are awesome. Uh, I mean, and you know, it's so cool because they they remember their memory scripture and and their go to scripture. Like we do memory scripture every week, and um, if they forget it, they I say, hey, what's your memory scripture? And if they forget the week before, they'll go to one we learned like a month ago. And they they always say, God looks at the heart. I'm like, that's right. That's right. So never forget that. I heard some of the parents that the kids are telling you that God looks at your heart too, trying to convict you. I'm like, that's cool. But anyway, you know, we had a single sports day yesterday. And uh, it was a lot of fun. It was softball, volleyball, football, uh, bocce ball. Some kind of horseshoe thing we were throwing around. Barbecue. It was a lot of fun. The singles were out there. We had a great time. And, you know, today, a week ago, Peter asked me, hey, he said, hey bro, can you do a singles-led service? Can you preach? I said, sure. What would you like me to talk about? And he told me, well, I'll tell you later. Wait, what do we talk about? But the thing is, I preached this message to the singles in campus, so I just want to apologize right now. I actually have a scripture to apologize for me. Uh, you don't have to turn there. It's in Second Peter chapter 1. Uh, in verse 12 it says, So I always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body, because I know that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me, and I will make every effort to see that after my departure you will always be able to remember these things. So, for the singles in the campus, don't feel cheated. This is a refresher. Actually, it's, mo- it's a refresher for most of you because we all know this, but it's one of those things where we need to remind each other so we can continue moving forward. Um, and so, we had a singles volunteer, volunteer internship. Actually, it wasn't volunteer. We paid for it. I mean, we had to pay for ourselves. Like, the campus get interns, they get paid. We pay for our internship. It wasn't a lot of money. It's $20. We got a t-shirt and a book. But for five weeks, inter- uh, singles from all over L.A. went down and met 
and were taught by different evangelists throughout the L.A. region. So it was about 100 singles meeting Saturday mornings, and it was incredible. And, and the, the title of that was uh, My Chosen Instrument. Actually, let's look at that scripture in Acts chapter 9. Turn there. Acts chapter 9. My Chosen Instrument. Acts chapter 9, verse 10. Now, just a little background. I'm sure we're all familiar, but just in case. This is Ananias. This is God telling Ananias to go and tell Saul. And we'll, we'll see what, who Saul is. Saul's kind of crazy. but Saul was a guy who was persecuting the church and helping kill Christians and arresting them. That's who Saul was. And God wanted Ananias to go and help him become a disciple. Crazy. Verse 10. In, in Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. I wonder who gave him that vision. Lord, you can kind of hear it in Ananias' voice. Uh, Lord, um, are you sure? I mean, I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. God, you sure you want me to go talk to this crazy man? But the Lord said, Ananias, go. This man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. So the point of the singles internship was chosen instrument. Now, the title of today's lesson is called Just Play. Just play. Like the video we were doing, we do more than that. I just, we do more than playing. We do, we do scripture memory, we do Bible stories, but we play a lot. I mean, that's what 4, 5, and K, we do that. We have a good time. It's a good excuse for me to act like a knucklehead for a couple of hours, um, and it's accepted. And so it's a lot of fun, but today is just play, okay? Now, I'm going to be reading out of the, uh, I keep wanting to talk like this because I forget it's connected to me, but I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation, but you can uh, turn there to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Just play. Who likes to play here? I heard there's, there's a marriage usually go play basketball at the service and there's people doing stuff like that. That's cool. I mean, we, we still need to play, you know, have fun while we can. I mean, my knees are getting worse every year. I'm not going to be able to, that's why I'm trying to learn golf right now because I'm not going to be able to play basketball forever. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 and 13, the body is a unit. Though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we are all baptized, one spirit, into one body, whether Jews, Greeks, slaves, or free. And we, were, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Now, we're all familiar with that. The body of Christ is us, the people. We make up the body of Christ, and, and Christ is the head, and that's how that works. But... We're going to look into this a little bit. I, I love this message because in the singles ministry, there's about 
it's close to 70 of us, 70 of us. And uh, that Laura and I do our best to take care of them. Uh, but as you know, Laura has a full-time career, and she's doing well. Me, on the other hand, I work part-time, but I work for my money, and I pay my bills. I do my best. And, and so what I'm trying to say is we're, we're not on staff. And so this lesson came out of our hearts because I'm like, we need help. And that's the good thing because that's why the singles are where we are right now. That's why Douglas was baptized last week was because there was like all kinds of people putting their hands in his Bible studies and getting him to where he is. Because it wasn't out. Douglas, where's Douglas? I was in one study. I don't even, I had like one talk with Douglas. (laughs) It wasn't, it wasn't us, the leaders. It was the body putting in work and Douglas' heart changed and now he's here. He's our brother. And that's the thing we're going to talk about today is the body. We all know we're the body, but we'll get to that. Okay. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Turn there, please. Thank you. See, that's what, that's my co-leader right there. Incredible woman. Um, while we're turning to Romans 12, just want a quick plug. There's only three people signed up for Kingdom Kids next rotation. And that rotation starts on the 22nd. I'm just throwing it out there. We have, we have another announcement at the end. I'm just saying, you see how much fun that was? Come on, man. You know what? I'm telling you. I mean, I miss you guys too, but those kids, man, they're crazy. Okay. Romans chapter 12, verse 3 through 8. It says, as God's messenger, I give you this warning. Be honest in your estimate of yourselves, measuring your value by how much faith God has given you. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are all, we are all parts of his one body, and each of us has different work to do. And since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other. And each of us needs all the others. God has given each of us the ability to do certain things well. We'll read that again. God has given each of us the ability to do certain things well. Each of us means what? Each of us? (laughs) Everybody? Everyone. Because I know sometimes we can feel like we don't have a gift. We we can feel like, man, I'm just, I'm a disciple. That's my gift. No, you... God has given each of you a specific gift. And it says, so, wait, you have ability to do certain things well. So, unless you're like Laura or Will Neal, there's certain things you do well. Laura does, like, everything well. But if you're like me, I do a couple things well. I play basketball pretty well, and I have fun with kids pretty good. Those are my gifts. That, that's my gift. For whatever reason, those kids respond to me. I don't know why. Probably because they see me running around like I'm crazy. But I love them, and they, I feel like they love me back. And I believe that's my gift. I really do. Um, but you have a specific gift that you do well. I want you to know that. Don't. If there's anything you get from today is that you have something to give. Not because you're awesome at it. It's because God gave it to you. You understand that? He gave it to you. Don't forget that. 
So if God has given you this ability to prophesy, speak out when you have faith. Speak out when you have faith that God is speaking through you. If your gift is that of serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, do a good job of teaching. If your gift is to encourage others, do it. If you have money, share it generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take that responsibility seriously. And if you have the gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend that you love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Stand on the side of the good. Okay? So, we, there were some gifts listed there. But I don't, I don't think that it ends there. I think there, there are plenty of other gifts out there that we have. But my question is, what is your gift? Because you don't have an excuse anymore to say, I don't have one. Right here it says that God gave you one, so don't lie to yourself. God has given you one. What is it? Do you know? My question is, ask someone. Hey, ask someone, what, do you, what am I good at? What do you think I'm good at? Have you tried out different things? Have you tried Kingdom Kids? Have you tried to lead songs? Have you tried to usher? Have you tried to preach? Have you tried to cook a meal and take it to a brother or sister's house who's been sick? Have we tried to do those things? Because the gift isn't just the, the speaking and preaching and serving and all that. There, there's all kinds of other gifts. Did you see that there was a gift talking about if you have, what is that? You have the gift of money? <laughs> I don't have it. And I'm okay because I've been like that forever, so it's okay. I learned, I have the gift of being thrifty. Yeah. But those of you that have the gift of money, give it generously. Oh, you know, I'm just saying, that's what the Bible says. But we need to think of all of our gifts in that way. If your gift is singing, get up here and sing. Ask Chris. Audition. Something. I don't know. Use the gifts that we have. John, where's Johnny, Johnny Reitmer? Johnny built a stage for the singles. We had a, uh, what, what did we do? Spirit Awards. We had a Spirit Awards and Johnny went and built a stage for us. A stage. That's his gift and he's using it to please God by serving the kingdom. We can do that, right? But maybe we need to identify our gifts. I'm not sure. Let's continue to read. You know, I think um, <laughs> I, I really want you to understand that you have a gift. That if anything you get out of here, just, just know that you have a gift, okay? Turn to Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to continue to read a little bit further. Because we need you to use your gifts. You see Dave Lazarus up here doing the welcome? Dave's using his gifts for the singles. We appreciate that. Jaime and Vivian using their gifts. Everybody's using their gifts. Ruben's coming in from the, the Latin teens playing the bass, using his gifts for us, for the body. But that's what you can see. Don't forget those guys back there that are hiding behind all that technical stuff back there. And all the people in red shirts today using their gifts. Everyone's using their gifts. And that's what we need to do as a family. Verse 1. 
Therefore, this is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Humble, be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Always keep yourselves united in the Holy Spirit and bind yourselves together with peace. We are all one body. We heard this before, right? We have the same spirit and we have all been called to the same glorious future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and there is only one God and Father who is over us and over us all and in us all and living through us all. However, he has given each one of us a special gift according to the generosity of Christ. We're not reading the same scripture. This is a different scripture. God's trying to tell you. He's given us something to use. Now let's read why he's given it to us. That is why scriptures say, when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Notice that he says he ascended. This means that Christ first came down to the lowly world in which we live. The same one who came down is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might, so that his rule might fill the entire universe. He is the one who gave these gifts to the church. The apostles, the prophets, evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Now, I just want to stop here for a second. We have those. We have the elders. We have, we have the preachers. We have the evangelists. We have the teachers. But their gifts are very specific, and we're going to see here. As soon as I find my place. Oh, there it is. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Until, listen to this. So those of you who are on staff and the elders and, and the teachers, listen to this. This is for you. Until we come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son, that we will be mature and full-grown in the Lord, measuring up to the full stature of Christ. Whoa. So that means you're going to be teaching for a long time, Joe Newfield. You got you, you, just, just buckle up, brother. Dave and John, it's a long haul. So I'm a far away from a full stature of Christ. I can tell you that right now. But see, that's what they're supposed to do. Those are their gifts. What about us? What about our gifts? Then we will no longer be like children forever changing our minds about what we believe because someone has told us something different or because someone has cleverly lied to us and made the lie sound like the truth. Instead, we will hold on to the truth and love becoming more and more in every way like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. Under his direction, the whole body is fitted together perfectly. Under his direction, we all fit together perfectly. No other direction. Only under his. As each part does its own special work. There it is again. Man, you're all... Look... If you planned on just chilling out for the rest of this year, you're officially off the hook. No more of you can just chill out. Because the scripture talks about, one, we all have our special gifts. Two, each part does its own special work. Why? It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. This is not about us. This is about the body. It's not about you individually. It's about using your gifts to build the rest of us up. 
to build up the body of Christ. Now, I like to, you know, use this analogy of, a, of an orchestra for this. If you can picture this, if you will. Let's say we're one big orchestra right here, okay? We have, you guys look like the percussion section right there, okay? We have the, the flutes and, and, the, and the clarinets, and I'm, I'm probably all out of order. Sorry, Margie. But the, the violins and the, and the trumpets and the trombones and saxophones and clarinets. We're all out here and we're all one big orchestra and we're having a good old time. And when we play together, it is beautiful. I mean, it's just, if you, if you haven't had a chance to, to go to a sit, go and just take it in. It's kind of like the music this morning, the worship was incredible. I mean, I was like trying to hold back some tears. But what happens if we get ready to play and then the percussion section decides, I'm tired. I don't want to play right now. Now, it might sound good, but it won't sound perfect, will it? I mean, the composer that, that, that wrote it had a specific sound, and they wrote it for that purpose. And if everyone doesn't play their part, it just doesn't sound right. It may sound good. You'll get away with it. But it won't be what it's meant to be. What happens if the violins decide not to play? Oh, man, then it really sounds all messed up. But, you know, it'll, it'll sound okay, but it still won't, it just won't, it won't be the same. My question is, are you playing your part? Are you playing your part? I don't know what instrument you are. I don't care if, you're, if you are a violin. I, I did some reading on this. The violin is supposed to be like the, the head of the, all the instruments in the orchestra. And if you're the violin, you better play. But I guarantee you what, if you play the cowbell, you better play it. Because we need that cowbell. I don't know if you guys seen that skit. Crazy Will Ferrell. But anyway, the, the point is, every one of us have a specific gift. Every one of us is an instrument. And if every one of us does not play, it does not sound right. And we won't please the conductor and the composer, which is, you know, he, he's, God's like, He's like, are you ready to play? And sometimes, sometimes we think, well, I, I've, I've only been playing this thing for like six months. It doesn't sound that good. Have you heard me sing? Do we sound good when we sing together as a church? But have you heard me sing? See, it doesn't matter. When we're all playing and someone misses a note, it kind of drowns it out because it still sounds beautiful because everyone's playing and then I get a chance to get back on key because everyone around me is on key and I'm like, oh, okay. I'm an octave. I'm a beat short. But that's what happens when we all play and God's like, come on, okay, good, good. This is good. And we're pleasing God when we're all playing. But my question is, are you playing? That's why the title of the message is just play. 
Because you know what? If you're off beat a little bit, just play. Doesn't matter. Just play your instrument. Live out your gift. Use it. Don't be selfish. And don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Because sometimes that's what holds us back from playing. Because we're like, I don't want people to hear this. This is bad. You know, they asked me to lead songs in Kingdom Kids. Are you serious? You know what time that's it? That's like 8.15 in the morning. I can barely talk at 8.15. But you know what? We get in there, we sing, we sound okay, but our hearts are ready to go serve. And we're all playing our part. Are you playing your part? Are you playing your part? You know, I, he, I wanted to give you a little, I don't know, I don't know what you would call it, but illustration of what, what it's kind of like when, you know, you have that one instrument and you play your part and it sounds wonderful. Can you, can you play that? song the symbol is rang like four times but I had to pay attention you have to count and you have to be ready to play your part because you don't know what your part may do I mean can you imagine that song without the I just, it feels good <laughs> you know that, that the equivalent of that is you know you, you're there's, some, there's a guy selling a bible and we're, he's just not getting through and you come in there, and you saw Jesus Lord. And you're like, thank you. All you need is to play your part. Because we have the, the brothers that are going to be in there with the violence the whole time. And you can come in and play your part. Play your part. Let's go back to Acts chapter 9. 
It's, I just, you know, it's important. Every part is important. And I'm grateful for my friends that are visiting. I know this message has been mostly for the congregation, but I didn't forget about you. (laughs) Acts chapter 9. Okay? Remember this story. We're going to continue with this story in verse 17. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. Check this out. He got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once, he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. And all those who heard him were astonished astonished and asked, Isn't he the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on his name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus and proving that Jesus is the Christ. To those of you who are visiting, our friends, studying the Bible, when was Paul baptized? Immediately. More so than that, he was baptized after he was chosen. Remember, God said, he's my chosen instrument. Well before he was baptized. You are God's chosen instrument. My question is, when are you going to join the orchestra? When are you going to join? We're ready. We need some more players. You are chosen already. You thought you were off the hook too, no? God chose you already. I think it's about time. It's about time for those scales to fall off your eyes. It's about time for you to stop just hanging out. I know we're cool. I know singles are cool. You like hanging out with us. But we want you to get baptized and become our brothers and sisters and be a part of this orchestra and make some beautiful music together. Let's please God together. Why are you waiting? Does God need to blind you? Does something need to happen to you physically? Let's not wait for that to happen. Let's do it right now. We don't have much time to waste because we don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. Stop wasting time. You know, I'll leave you with this. We're going to have a couple of announcements in a closing song. You're chosen. And those of you, brothers and sisters, as we know we're part of this orchestra, you know that you've been given your gifts. What are we going to do? We just need to play. Just play. Just play. Amen?